Hello, and welcome again to For Quality Assurance, the podcast about small pets asking the questions that nobody really asks about. Because, uh, I don't know why people don't ask these questions. I think part of the interesting aspect of, of uh, my whole small pets journey here is that it all came from people not caring. It all came from the idea of hamsters being one of the number one bought pets in America, but not one of the number one owned pets in America, because inevitably, at one time, everybody doesn't own one because of their short lifespan. Uh, All the pets are good here. Uh, I was trying to post videos of my turtles, but their tank is very dirty. Their tanks, they have issues. That's a different episode, though. Um, But speaking of the hamster... Uh, I now have a hamster again. I have Jem, if you don't know that. Um, again, I'm sorry, that sounds so creepy. Like, you know my whole pet life. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. For me, this is a whole epic journey. For me, I think my experience with pets, like, it's so epic and and my life that I expect everyone has caught up on seasons one and two. So I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I have had many hamsters. I adopted a hamster again, Jem. Uh, short for Gemini, not my name. Uh, it's the adoption center's name. She's good. She's been having some carrots. We've been playing a little. She likes stretching. But I want to talk about Gem today because this episode is about fluff. It's about hamster fluff. And hamster fluff is an amazing product. Oh, and since this is a non-pet owner-friendly podcast, hamster fluff is the stuff you put in a hamster cage in order to uh, let the hamster dig around and and to catch its poop, so cleaning is easier. You know, the world of cat litter has mostly been concerned with uh, smell efficiency, with lightness, with how easy it is. You know, you have your, your the crumbling ones. Uh, and I had the pleasure of taking care of a cat, and I can say we need to focus almost all of our scientific knowledge on making that easier because cats can, can do a number. And, and I've been around some animals, and, and, and cat, cats, cats... Oh boy, little creature, a lot of odor potential. But hamster fluff is an amazing product, and there was one thing that kept catching my eye on every single hamster fluff product, and that was 99% dust-free. Now, in my mind, I had no idea what that meant. That was the first thing, was I don't know, A, how you could determine that, B, whether it mattered, and see whether it was true, because I was seeing it everywhere. So perhaps the word 99% dust-free meant nothing. So I went into it. And I went around, and I pretty much just called all the big names. um, And, you know, I had to do some digging on this one. So initially, I got a lot of answers like this. I was wondering how you guys actually tested the the, the dust-free claim. Okay, um, I can go ahead and get you with our technical specialist. She'd be able to um, answer that question. That detail I don't have. Um, hmm. So, I did a little more digging, as it were. And um, as this is going, by the way, I should mention that I keep bringing up this one question that I think is so clever. I keep bringing up this question. So they don't want to be breathing a bunch of dust. See, now here's the thing about that. Uh, 
that makes sense for a human, but hamsters live underground. They're oh. <laughs> what? That is true. So they're exposed to dust all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you hear stories of, of of rats living in coal mines, and they never get black lung. So that's a, that's a topic that's thrown in there, and eventually I get to someone who kind of understands the technology. And pretty much the way it's been explained to me is that how you can know hamster fluff is is dust free is really simple. Essentially, they take a large amount of it, shake it around, and weigh it before and after. And if the weights on these precision uh, scales are within 99%, then you know that only 99% of the product has been freed and shaking it. But that wasn't enough. I sort of had to keep going. That didn't seem like that was enough to make all these claims. I mean, some companies even have 99.3%, 99.5%, 99.7%. Eventually, I get to a company uh, that really does know their stuff, and they tell me about a device. And we use what's called a Rotap. Um, so you're, you're sending the product through a bunch of screens. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, you probably won't have a link to it. And you can look it up. But if you're looking at it on our website, there's a little picture underneath the post uh, of what this device look like. looks like. It's essentially a bunch of uh, cooking tins, it looks like, like little, like little silver hockey pucks is what I called them, uh, stacked on top of each other. And the way this device works is through pressure and shaking – uh, you have different filters. The filters, as you get down, are, you know, they're these sieves, essentially. So think, imagine your colander for your, for your, for your spaghetti, and then make those, uh, make those holes smaller as it keeps going down and down and down to these micro levels that you can't even see. The machine uh, shakes them up and, and for a certain amount of time until everything has been freed and settled, essentially. Um, and then you take out each screen and using another device, measure how many particles are on that screen. Now, as you go lower down, that's when you start to get into words like dirt and dust. Now, dust, this is where it's important because actually dust is a lot different than dirt because I thought I was so clever in saying, you know, how do, how do these underground animals, they have dust all the time? They don't actually have dust all the time. So we use, um, do you know what a, a micrometer is? No. So basically, no. Um, so, it's, it's, so we use 0.25 micrometers. So basically take your millimeter, make it even smaller. The micron levels for dust is actually set by the National Health Institute. So with a little bit of research, you could find what the micron size for dust is, which is very small. It's 100 microns. But... Another little clever part of my, well, why does dust matter? You know, assume on this podcast that I'm starting from a point of thinking that there's a massive conspiracy behind these things, when in reality I found a lot of people in this industry are actually trying to be quite helpful. So my little clever point was, isn't there dust underground? And haven't I seen rats inside coal mines and things like that? Famously, rats get into coal mines. And one expert uh, explained it to me in a way that I had never heard before. He said, yes, you do see rats in coal mines, but you also see humans in coal mines. And you also see humans in coal mines without wearing respirators. Because the way our respiratory system works is that the 
Air goes into our lungs, our lungs process it, and then we exhale it into our lungs. Now over time you can get black lung and, and, and all sorts of problems from, from breathing in dust, these tiny microns. However, it's not immediate. And he then starts talking about birds, and I don't really know what he's talking about. And he explains to me that the reason you see canaries inside mines, not anymore, not anymore, but the reason that that happened is because the avian respiratory system is so much different than ours. And in fact, and I had never heard this before because I've never had a bird, bird bones are hollow. I sort of understood that they were light, but they're hollow. And birds actually breathe into their bones and even other parts of their body. So when a bird encounters something that's bad for it in the air, it almost instantly reacts to it because it's not just going into its lungs where the lungs are processing it. Air is a part of a bird. It flows through tons of bird. It flows through huge amounts of the bird. So but the one thing that you should be cautious about is that 99% dust-free actually doesn't mean that much. 99% um, dust-free um, is not actually dust-free. A large amount of, of that could be not dust. In fact, because we're talking about molecules so small, it's actually above 90%, 99% that you want to be looking for. If you're looking for at 99%, that actually is not really, there's not a lot of fluffs out there that you would see um, that aren't 99% dust-free because dust it only contains that 1% weight. If there is dust in it, there could be a pretty huge amount in that 1%. Think about it. These are tiny molecules. We're talking micrometers. These are one, right, one one thousandth of a centimeter? Well, no, one thousandth of a millimeter. So these are tiny, tiny. In one percent, you could have a you could have a bunch. So that's something to watch out for. Uh, but pretty fascinating that there are these systems in place, um, and it's 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 not garbage. Well, it is. You gotta change it. It gets gross. Um, either way, guys, thanks for listening. Um, and remember. There are no dumb questions. So push the limit on it, you know? Try and find a dumb one. There, don't, you know, there is no scientific theory without an exception, or at le very least, uh, you should be testing that theory. So try and find the dumb... That's what I'm trying to do here, is trying to find the dumb question, the one dumb question. Maybe I've achieved it today. Who knows? Who knows? But let's keep trying. <laughs>